every fall you get up from is a good fall. Always get back up. The fall isn't just physical, it's mental, it's emotional. Because sometimes when we fall, it's not just we skin our knee, sometimes we skin our hearts, sometimes our minds. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. I'm so glad you're here. Every Friday, we work on one tool for your leadership tool belt, and it's an honor and a joy and a blessing to be a part of your journey as a leader. We can stick together in this amazing fight to lead well, to aim for greatness in serving others as we embark on each day. In fact, each day is the only day we're guaranteed. The only moment we're guaranteed is this very moment. If you've heard me speak before on some of our other episodes, you may recall that I've said that the only moment that we have that's guaranteed is this one. And every moment someone is having their unexpected last moment. In empathy and consideration of that, let us rejoice that we are still here and let us have caring and concern for those who have passed on, that we can live fully in honor of them. That, my friend, is exciting to me. It's exciting to be able to spend this time with you for that purpose because this could be my very last moment. And so as I aim for greatness, as I blaze into heaven, I'm honored to share this time with you and that you've chosen to share your most precious and valuable asset, your time with me. I don't take it lightly. And so as we embark on this new episode, we're talking about something that is incredibly important in leadership, incredibly important in life. Without it, we will not effectively progress unless we understand it, we frame it appropriately. It's the concept that we all have experienced, the concept of failure. My philosophy is failure is not final. It's feedback. Failure is only final when we give up. So let's not give up. This is an encouraging episode. I would expect you to know that. It's also an episode that will provide us with tools, resources to consider how failure not only is important in helping us to identify how to add to our playbook, but it also sometimes can be pivotal that without certain failures, we may not progress in a way that leads us to a milestone, a breakthrough, a disruption that we needed in our lives. That's not always the case. We're going to go through a few examples and really identify the perspective we can have that's healthy, that's achievable, that's resilient-based as leaders that we can embark on and embrace that helps us to lead effectively. And so I start with a story about failure. Everyone's got one. In the past, I used to be really hard on myself. I used to be, and you may have been this way too, I used to lament over my mistakes, my failures, and I'd replay them over and over and over again. We call it what? Beating yourself up, right? I would beat myself up about mistakes I'd make. And my wife would even say, hey, you got to quit beating yourself up. Quit thinking about it. I'm like, well, if I just keep replaying it, like the sporting replay where you replay a play or a pass or some kind of an interception that happened in football, or whatever the sport is, a mistake that was made, you will then have what? Have a memory of that so that perhaps I will make a change. There comes a point, though, where it becomes obsessive and it becomes counterproductive to achieving our goals. And so when is that point? That point is when it impedes our progress. It stops us from moving forward. 
It's important when we fail to recognize why we failed and then move on to moving into a place and a position of success and of achievement. What can I then do? Because if I'm constantly focusing on what's behind me, if I'm constantly focusing on what I've done that I didn't like or I was not satisfied with that was in my rearview mirror, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to run into something in front of me. I'm going to trip over something that's in front of me because I'm not looking forward. I'm looking backward. And when I'm only looking backward, it's going to cause me to stumble. It's going to cause me to fall. And I've done this so many times, friend. This is a transparent episode because I'm going to share some stories with you in my own life and just share some stories from my academic journey as far as those who have been visionaries who have massive failures that have led to massive breakthroughs. So growing up, I found that if I continue to press on and give my all, especially taking risks, I'm going to fail. In fact, it's been said, if you've gone through your entire life not having failed, you're probably not trying hard enough. In other words, you're playing it too safe. And so part of journeying and progressing is taking risks and failing. And so some of the first failures we had growing up, everyone has had this failure. Not one person on the planet has not had this failure if you have taken these steps, and that's learning how to walk. Think about it. And again, of course, some children, I want to be sensitive to this, were never had the opportunity, and I want to be extremely sensitive to that. But for those of us who did have the opportunity, what happened when we were learning to walk? We fell, right? And we fell again and again and again. No one walks the very first time they try as a baby. Now you're going to say, hey, Nate, you didn't know about this situation or this miracle or this walking baby. Yeah, you're right. And of course, every analogy, every story has some kind of a breakdown somewhere. So you can correct on social media if you want to put it in the comments. Nonetheless, this story is this. We fall when we begin to learn how to walk. And the interesting part about that is, are we scolded for that? Do parents or guardians or caretakers say, oh, you piece of junk. I can't believe you failed. I can't believe you're on your face. No, what do they say? Try again. Yes, you can do this. However, what happens as we get older? When we fail, it's a negative consequence. We're not encouraged necessarily to try again. And I found that this is a critical error in terms of how we help people along their journey. When my son was young, he fell a lot. He would skin his knees. He would skin his arms and crying and weeping. And just my heart would just melt for this kid. And so I started telling him when he would fall, I'd hug him first. I'd hold him. And I'd say, son, that was a good fall. And he'd you know, be crying and he'd say, dad, that was not a good fall. I'd say, son, every fall you get up from is a good fall. Always get back up. Of course, the fall isn't just physical. It's mental. It's emotional because sometimes when we fall, it's not just we skin our knee. Sometimes we skin our hearts, sometimes our minds. And so what I'm trying to teach my son that sometimes you're going to fall hard. Don't give up. Learn, grow, adapt. And I'm happy to report that as a teenager at the time of this recording, he's not falling the way he did when he was little physically, but he's going to have other falls. He's going to have other failures. If we can reframe our thinking, if we can reframe our mindset from, oh my goodness, I made a mistake. I'm going to beat myself up about it to what can I learn from that situation? How can I move forward and grow? 
where is it that I have an opportunity now that I did not have an opportunity before? And this is apparent, friend, in a lot of the literature for high achievers who do fail often. I think about a high achiever like you know this individual. You've heard of Walt Disney. And Walt Disney, I studied a lot. You may have heard the story about Mickey Mouse, right? You might have heard a little bit about how Mickey Mouse came to be, but perhaps you don't understand or you haven't heard the full backstory. Now, Walt was young. He was a new entrepreneur, only a few years in the business, and he had working on a rabbit named Oswald. Kind of looked like a cat, kind of looked like a mouse. Anyways, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and he had a contract to create several episodes of this. And the problem was is that he didn't have enough money to make these episodes because he was losing money. So he went back to his distributor and asked for more money for Oswald to produce each cartoon segment. And his producer was very shrewd and said, sorry, Walt, not only am I not going to give you money, I want you to forego working for yourself. You're going to come work for me. And if you don't come work for me, I'm going to shut your studio down. I'm going to take all your employees and I'm going to shut you down. And so you can only imagine you're new in business. You're trying to make a living. This is your only contract. And instead of getting the money you need to have working capital to finish the job, the person who's employing you is now about to sabotage you. This is major stress. What does Walt do? He can easily say, hey, yeah, I'll work for you because that's a possibility. It will solve some of his financial problems. He won't have any headaches about having to pay people or produce his own work. He's just going to get a paycheck. That's an easy out. What does Walt do? Well, he doesn't do that. He doesn't. So Walt Disney says, no, I'm not going to capitulate. And so Charles Mintz, who was the producer, said, okay, then it is what it is. Now, of course, in the meantime, Walt Disney is sending a telegram to his brother and partner, who is Roy Disney, and says, hey, make sure to get contracts on all our people. Something is awry. Then Roy messages him back with ominous news. No one wants to sign a contract. Mintz had already gone behind Walt's back and secured all of his people except for one, Ub Iwerks. And so it was that Walt Disney at that point lost his contract for Oswald, the lucky rabbit, and lost every animator in his studio except for one. Talk about major failure, right? But remember, friend, failure is not final. It's feedback. It's only final when you give up. So at that point, this is 1928, February. Walt had only been in business for five years. He started in 1923 with his brother. What happens then? Give up. Maybe tell Mintz, reconsider, go work for him, start fresh, do something else for a living. No, of course not. You would have never heard of Walt Disney. That's part of the reason why you've never heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, unless you've done your homework on Disney fandom. What happens next? Well, a couple different stories. One story is on his way home from New York, where Mintz was, and Universal, to California, where Walt lived. He spent time on the train thinking of what he could possibly come up with. And as the story goes, he came up with, as you guessed it, a mouse he initially called Mortimer. Now, his wife didn't like Mortimer. She preferred Mickey. 
And that's one version of the story of how Mickey Mouse was born. Another version of the story is that when he got home, he was so incredibly distraught, the worst he'd ever felt. And over the course of several weeks with Ub and his brother Roy, they came up with Mickey Mouse. It doesn't really matter how Mickey Mouse was born, whether it was on the train ride or whether it was on the subsequent time at home. What matters is that had that failure not occurred and Walt's back wasn't against the wall, Mickey Mouse may have never been born. In fact, it's quite possible, probable to say that his failure in this manner was requisite to the success that was about to ensue from the birth of this little rodent that wasn't named Mortimer, that was named Mickey. Now, of course, that was only the beginning. It's one thing to come up with a character. It's another thing altogether to get that character to a market position when you don't have any money and you don't have any producers to make this real. So he had a number of other failures, even getting Mickey Mouse to the box office so that he could be produced. He produced three shorts for Mickey, and he tried to sell those shorts, couldn't get anyone to buy them, because at that time, generally cartoons were played at the beginning of a feature film. A little like a preview today, or a trailer, you would see a cartoon. And Mickey was just not marketable enough. So he had to make some changes. Again, he was failing at marketing Mickey. Nobody wanted him. And it was driving him crazy. I mean, he was all over trying to get Mickey bought. He just had watched a movie with his brother, Roy, that was a revolution, if you will, in the movie world at the time. Because movies were silent films mostly at that time, in the late 20s. Until a movie called The Jazz Singer was released, which was then called A Talkie. And this movie, of course... There had been other talkies, but it was the first one that was done well. And he left the movie theater with his brother and said, this is it. We've got to take Mickey and put him to sound. And so they put Mickey to sound, which was failure after failure, even getting him to sound. And I'll tell you that story another day. And then still no one wanted Mickey. He drove himself nuts just trying to get somebody to buy into Mickey. In fact, one of the distributors was trying to give Walt some advice and said, Walt, you see these lifesavers? He pulled out a pack of lifesavers. See, see these lifesavers? Little candies. said, everyone knows lifesavers. They don't know you. They don't know your mouse. Well, that was a major motivation for Walt Disney because he said, I'm going to be the kind of person people will know me and they'll know my mouse. No matter how much I've failed, I will have resilience. It's not final. It's feedback I will overcome. And of course, many, many other things happened. Many failures along the way. Failure after failure after failure. Walt doesn't even have a nervous breakdown when he was in 1931. So you can imagine, shortly after, a couple of years after Mickey Mouse's success, he has a major mental breakdown, which is also considered a failure in terms of his mental capacity. He needed a break. He needed a vacation. It was feedback. He needed to take it easy. You might be in that place right now where you need a reprieve. You need to take a step back because the thing about life and journeys is we have to be mindful and cognizant that sometimes 
We just need to breathe. Take a step back. Relax. Regroup. Refresh. Recharge. To overcome the obstacle. To meet the challenge or the failure. Once again. Sometimes you just have to regroup. I've had to do this many times. When I was facing bankruptcy, I had made some business decisions that were seemed pretty wise at the time with the information I had. Then context changed. I didn't have that same possibility and I was facing losing everything. Major failure, if you were, on my part from a financial perspective. We had to regroup. And if you've listened to the show, you've heard me tell this story. It took some time. I regrouped. I learned from that. And I moved on. And here we are today. Much better situation than ever before from a financial perspective. I've made those changes. That doesn't mean I won't fail again. That doesn't mean I won't take the kind of risks that lead me to failure. Now, what I don't want to do is take the kind of failing risks that I can't bounce back from, right? If you will, cause me to have total destruction. And so you have to be judicious. You have to be intentional. You have to be mindful, discerning, and take the kind of risks that are manageable and that are not devastating, not in their totality. And you'll know, not only on your own, but through mentors and others, how you can mitigate the kind of risks that are devastating. Nonetheless, even if you face a risk that seems like it is all over, it is never over until you take your last breath. So while you have air in your lungs, there is hope for you to make change for you to grow and learn and add it to your playbook and understand that this is only one chapter in the grand story of your life. And the next chapter, as you turn the page, you may find that that chapter is the beginning of an amazing step in the story called you. So don't give up. Continue on. Press on. Give it your all. And every failure, add it to your playbook and learn and change and grow so that that failure catapults you to a place that you possibly couldn't have gone without it and you learn to adjust and maybe not make that same failure again. Failure is not final. It's feedback. It's only final when you give up. So don't give up. Well, my friend, we did it. I'm so honored you were able to join me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. Now, This might not be for everyone because you really have to be in a certain place in order to take the kind of steps to level up your leadership. And I want you to be taking steps. And for those of you who feel like you're ready for something like this, there's a place you can go. You can go to our website, greatsummit.com. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. But here's the cool thing that we have. We've got a masterclass. We have all different kinds of events. We even have our leadership club where you can meet other people just like you to go deeper in your leadership journey. You and I will get to spend some time together and really focus on aiming for greatness. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.